All right, we're back once again. This is How to Pakistan, and I'm Fasi Zaka. I've got with me none other than Musharraf Zaidi, and we're back for a new episode. The last one was about the sort of run up into what's happening in Pakistan these days, which is this uh, sort of uh, massive attempt uh, at, uh, you know, getting justice for the country in Panama Gate, and we've got a host of new things happening that haven't really happened before, or they have, but, you know, it's been so long that we've forgotten about them. So, welcome, Mushara. Thank you, Fasi. Assalamu alaikum uh, to all the viewers. Uh, Bismillah. Uh, you know, I, yeah, it's... Uh, it's, so it's incredibly depressing for one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think if you take uh, the future of this country seriously and uh, and you're not 12 years old intellectually um, <laughs> uh, it, it, Look, is, it's it is the fourth most time. intelligent nation there are no 12 year old intellectual development over here maybe, we're all 44 year old with you know a lot of reading behind us get to 44 year old katana kisko there I'm 26, man. <laughs> yeah, so you're saying that 26, you right? Um, I don't know. It's hard to say anything. I think that uh, for me, I, I didn't want to do you know another. Like, there's so many things in the world to talk about. I agree. Let's start with Faisal Khan of Peshawar University, who just took a team uh, of bio sort of g- geneticists to. Uh, the U.S. and just won bronze medal. Uh, scientists from Pakistan, young scientists, figuring things out and winning prizes. Yeah, there's so much talent in this country. Yeah, it's, no, I agree. so much talent. This guy is the guy behind Peshawar 2.0. Yeah, just brilliant guy from like Oxford, and you know had this great job in Saudi. Left it everything and didn't go to like Lums or like Habib with great. I mean, Lums, yeah. I'm a Lumini, right? And great. Then I have a friend, you know, who's at Habib. It's great. It's great that people are going there. But he went to like, you know, sort of his hometown. He goes back to Peshawar. He starts his thing. He's nonstop like working hard. And he's politically invested like we all are. But he doesn't waste his time on sort of just, you know, the, the, the blah, blah of politics. He actually does stuff. And, and, uh, he's people like him. There's so many like him, Fussy. Uh, those are, those should be our role models. We should not be letting this news cycle, like you know, interesting. Yesterday, Bilal said something, and I just thought, you know, he got to the root of it. Ironically, he said it on television while being interviewed. He said, "Ab sab TV band kar crisis khatam." Yeah, but absolutely. And, and you absolutely. know, that was no, this, this whole sense of insecurity because I think one of the key things is that numbers are hugely contested in Pakistan, especially rally numbers and now protest numbers. But I think even in the run-up to this, there was a sense that even though there was a considerable gathering in the sort of Lahore, Raiwan uh, sort of uh, march that they had, the rally, but... Here, you know, there was a chance that this would be relatively small. Yes, the bluster was significant, you know, saying that you want to shut down the state is a huge problem. And I think in literally probably any other country with functioning institutions, you would take that seriously. But here, I think there's some degree of learning from 
the previous dharna is that as bad as it is, is because of the shaky grounds and the perpetual efforts to, you know, hurt the democratic dispensation through innuendo, rumor, anything else. You have to, this is one of the body blows that you have to now be in for as part of the course, especially when you've got a relatively immature politician on the other side. But looking at it like this, technically with the numbers that we're seeing on TV, whether it's and Swabi, whether it's what's being gathered around here, sure, a number of people have been dissuaded from attending because they think that this one will actually result in violence. Um, Bilal had it right that, you know, if TV wasn't feeding this particular monster or this particular issue, we'd probably get over it relatively quickly. There was a there was a a bush that was on fire yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, before I think right before the the actual tear gas shelling, which which was real, and I think I I hesitate to be sort of as robust in my condemnation of the use of tear gas on a crowd that is explicitly. Not, not, not like there's no confusion. That's explicitly intending to block the free movement of people and goods in in Islamabad. That's been the explicit yeah. intent from, yeah. for lockdown. Keep, people keep saying peaceful. Yeah. There's nothing peaceful about coercion, right? Yeah. So, so it's not peaceful. But having said that, I, I, it, I think as a Pakistani. It is sickening to see fellow Pakistanis get tear gassed by taxpayer-funded shells of tear gas. Yeah. Like, that, you know, that that is not a, a pretty sight. So I think that where the common sort of, I think, and again, I think we should pay less attention. Just like Balaval says, turn off the TV, you and I should turn off Twitter and Facebook, uh, you know, for long stretches of the day. Yeah. Because there's a lot of... One, there's a lot of manufactured opinion uh, out there. And two, there's a lot of really angry folks who, who are probably angry about other stuff and, 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 and find that, you know, uh, they can channel, uh, you know, that anger through, through political discourse or what they think is political yeah. discourse. Um, I, I wonder, you know, we talked about the lockdown in the last episode and, and you know, we've been struggling, you know, we've been struggling to in a sense, wanting to avoid talking about the lockdown itself again. But to me, the larger question right now isn't, you know, the lockdown per se, but what the lockdown really represents. And again, for me, there's this, uh, I, I look, you know, you mentioned the Aisha Sadiqa thing. Yeah. And, and I think that really does deserve, it, it merits some attention. Uh, I think it's sickening that there's a complete, manufacturing of, of this thing absolutely uh, against horrific. a person who's a scholar and you know with whom I I mean I know for a fact that, that she's no fan of but, ours but it but, doesn't matter but it right? doesn't really matter doesn't right matter. I, mean, I mean what's happening to she's her she's a scholar with a beyond, legitimate right to yeah. have opinions and, and legitimate right to move around and share those opinions there's a lot of people in the world that are interested in what she has to say and to use uh, you know her travels and whatever, whatever. I mean, whatever is being done, it's sickening and it's unconditionally condemnable. Yeah. What, what, what's happening? But what it signifies to me is the clear intent of some people in this country to manufacture a a a feeling of a national security crisis. Yeah. And and the funny thing is that there already is a national security <laughs> crisis. Yeah. You have a Hot working boundary, yeah. 
and a hot line of control, essentially. And you have a violently aggressive Indian government, which has no compunctions about expressing violence in words. Yeah. The use of the term surgical strike is now part of the political discourse in India, right? And and a lot of us can treat it as, as a punchline, but it isn't, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't think any Pakistani should be treating that lightly. Meanwhile, a 13-year-old girl named Ifra yesterday got pelleted in the face, and she's not going to see again. I mean, there, like, if that isn't a national security crisis, I don't know what is. You didn't need to run Cyril Almeida out of town. Yeah. You, didn't, you don't need to create you know, a, a, a fabrication and a cancerous one at that about Aisha Siddiqua. If you, by the way, if the national security agencies have information, they should prosecute because there's plenty of laws Absolutely. against espionage, yeah. but they don't. So what they do is they do this cowardly attack on people, uh, which, you know, I just, this is not the behavior of an honorable republic. You know, we, so I think, you know, the lockdown and, and the dramatics around it are, are really, to me, kind of a sideshow to the larger sort of push towards the manufacturing of a national security crisis. And, and we're, we're going through it as we speak. And it's, I not, agree. it's not, it doesn't feel very good. No, I agree. And I think, I mean, for me, the other things that sort of preoccupy my mind when I look at this, one is frankly, I mean, the government would have to do something about people who've got an explicit intention. And then, of course, you've got you know, certain groups which have aligned themselves that hasn't come to fruition yet, but, you know... Certain also, groups that have aligned themselves like, with what? Like, you've got Lal Masjid that before the actual, um, you know, start of these protests, they said that they would consider whether they'd be part of it. But... Yeah, but who knows what quid pro quo was given to them in the meeting with Jodhri Nassar? How yeah. is it that under Section 144... ASWJ yeah. can come and do a rally in which, you know, they're chanting about, you know, the, the, the kafiriyat of, yeah. of uh, Muslims. And at the same time, uh, you know, we can jump on this, you know, sort of, yeah, let's keep PTI out of Islamabad. Yes, absolutely. Let's keep, keep PTI out of Islamabad for legitimate reasons of, of the freedom of movement of Islamabadis. Yeah. But what about the freedom of religion of people who... Like who constitute 30 percent of this country's yeah, yeah, yeah. population, it, it is. and meanwhile, you know these narratives have a cost. Five members of a Shia family, including three brothers, yeah. were gunned down the day after that rally. Yeah, these things are not accidental. There's a there's a clear line that links these organizations together, and. This is not to mention the thing that you and I promised we wouldn't talk about yeah. because we keep doing episodes yeah. on days of tragedy, right? Yes. Like. I mean, I'm st I haven't raised it. If you want to talk about it, you can. But, you know, yeah. like what? In addition to all this, we needed to manufacture a national security crisis? Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think it's, it's also frustrating. So I've got, you know, I think what the PTI is doing is absolutely wrong. I think some of their reasons are right. I don't think this is the approach. But again, what's also frustrating is the government's ham-handed, uh, you know, efforts at all of this. Number one, it is really problematic to cut off road access in its entirety between provinces. 
The second problem is, you know, when they went in to the Shadi hall, again, a problem. One could argue that they've gotten some success because it seems that people are hesitant to join this particular one. But what's really worrying me is the utter lack of responsible behavior where the federation is being pitted against a province and where resources of both are being channeled against one another. Now, it's interesting, like, you know, when Ali Amin Gandapur came here, I mean, even his cops were detained. These are KP cops. You've got, presumably, if the, you know, chief minister is coming in, he's also using official resources. Again, we've got this massive advertising campaign going on by the government as well. And all of this, when one looks at, you know, these particular you also have security... A, you, ha- you also have an advertising campaign by FWO. I, I was on Dunya last night. I was waiting for, for, for my slot and I was watching the ads. Yeah. And I, you know, I was thinking to myself, this government is so suicidal when yeah. it comes to, you know, they keeps running ads. Yeah. You know, basically that day's news headlines, they, yeah. just, they just jam it together to, to show Imran Khan in a bad light, which is, ba- you know, just ridiculous. But I Copy mean, basically. Itself. Yeah, but yeah. of course it does. But, yeah. but then. Like that's being sandwiched by two ads by the FWO about all the great stuff that they've built. And I'm just thinking what, like, we don't need India to do anything. Like this country's, I mean, we are, we're a goddamn circus. Yeah. And again, I mean, the real fear is one of the things that I've realized now. I've seen a new sophistication come in these WhatsApp forwards. And again, it, it looks like, you know, it's an engineered Opinion And some of these are worded really nicely. They'll talk about some ex-retired brigadier or whatever, and he's written this heartfelt appeal, and he's talking about the inside story or X, Y, Z. And most people, of course, they'll, they'll know that there's something dodgy about this. But they want you to buy in or they want to cut into, let's say, your understanding of the political situation. And the method of absolution is sharing as received. And it's just so common now. Yeah, I've actually started reacting to it on some of the groups that I'm on. And I, and I, say, uh, in, I say, you know, don't be a coward. Don't hide be behind forwarded as received. Yeah. Express your opinion. It's okay if you hate Navajo. Like people, see, the thing that people are con- get confused about is defending the, the system in place is not a, a, a poem, a love poem. For for Nawaz Sharif, yeah, you know, I think that there's a lot of things that we can we can hold the prime minister in contempt for. Yeah. Uh, what we can't hold him hold him in contempt for is his legitimacy as the elected prime minister. Yeah, <laughs> and, I mean that, and and it seems that of all the things that people hold him in contempt for, it's that thing that 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 sort of rankles the most. Which is, in a sense, again, it's just it's coming at it from exactly the opposite direction that it needs to be come at. And the other and, thing uh, is that. I, I think one of the complaints that I find hardest to believe is like, you know, when you do engage and you say that this is this massive fight against corruption. And while I agree with it, but this particular form of corruption, you know, with sort of open, um, you know, these, uh, what do you call it, offshore accounts, they take a long time to sift through. There are some easy ways to look at it if you've got a misdeclaration. That's automatic grounds also for getting removed. And I agree, it's taken too long. But one of the problems that I tend to see, especially in the case of Nawaz Sharif, is that 
I think he's being held to account for what he did in the 90s more than what he's done now, which is a problem. No, I, 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 even with that, I don't have a problem. If you're the prime minister of a country, you have to have a fiduciary record uh, and affairs that are publicly defensible. To me, that, like that's relatively simple. Mm. Yes, uh, holding him to account for the 90, like statute of limitations. You can you can argue a lot of technicalities, but I don't hold it against. In fact, I'm with people who are really really angry about the way in which Nawaz Sharif kind of just says, you know what? <clears throat> Talk to the hand. I think that kind of contempt for 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 transparency in in one's financial affairs, if you're the prime minister. That is not healthy for the republic, and it's not good for democracy. So I think we can be clear about that without then saying that we're going to shut down Islamabad at nine entry and exit points basically until the government falls. And that is a complete – that journey is not a rational one, and it's not a straight line. Because the problem with that is because what you're asking for is the most unsustainable and the most dangerous thing there is, which is mob justice. The institutions are terrible. Yes, they're beholden – to the government, but at the same time, if you really want them changed, right, one of the ways is to do it through parliament, and frankly, with the kind of attendance records the protesters, the main leaders have, they don't have a leg to stand on. Now, to say that the whole system's illegitimate after they've had all these commissions, after they've essentially backed away from allegations of mass rigging, so what you're saying right now is that I'm just deeply unhappy and maybe I deserve my turn. Yeah. And the problem with that is is that you might actually get your turn. And we've seen the record of governance that's been established in the province. It's not particularly great. In fact, it's probably no different than most. But worse than that is that you will definitely incentivize all the others to do the same. And any form of governance or any prize that you can get from something like this is going to be the hardest to execute. And you've seen that before in the 90s also, is that each time they overthrew the other. I think in the 90s when they talked about politicians being short-sighted, they were relatively right in some respects. And that, that's what upsets me the most, is they call it mukmuka in an effort to discredit what is basically equilibrium equilibrium stability right and yes there are some things that are lost in that process and unfortunately we live in a country where the kind of perfection that some people want they cannot execute that so, stop in stop their no, personal no, 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 lives. No, no, no stop live in a country yeah can you name a country that isn't corrupt no i can agree. you name a system in which i agree you know? and so this not you know there but are we so are, many we fantasies have to into, yeah there's so many fantasies that are informing this, this whole discourse. Let's count the worst countries in corruption in the world. Mm. India, China, Malaysia, Turkey. Yeah. Indonesia, Brazil, Russia. Yeah. Pakistan is not growing or has not grown at that rate any of these years. And it is actively, in some of the cases, less corrupt than yes. some of these countries. This is evidence from, for example, the World Bank had to shut down their big health program in India because of corruption. World Bank hasn't shut down anything in Pakistan because, yes, there's corruption in Pakistan, but the quantum and, and the depth of it, it doesn't compare to some of the ways in which Najib Razak is the sitting prime minister of, of Malaysia. 
he's received money in his account directly from the Saudis, yeah. right? We talk about sort of, you know, Modi Kayar and all this nonsense, yeah. which, you know, which isn't substantiated by any evidence. We have evidence of this guy being in the tank and taking money from a foreign government. Still the prime minister, country's growing, uh, country keeps on chugging. It's not, that's not to say that we should abide corruption. Yeah. But it is to say that the kind of outrage, the moral white hard rage, you know, just people going off the deep end. I also think, right? Because because they dare question whether or not Nawaz Sharif should be prime minister for another second or not. Yeah, it's not. It's There's not also a, another problem, and I think I think we'd be a bit better off if we were actually a little well traveled within our country. Hmm. I personally think that this narrative is also given a significant boost simply by the fact that not many people visit KP regularly. Because you also, in order to drive something like this, I read something that was very interesting about the communists of France and why they don't want to be in government. And partly it is is that the moment they do, they're going to have a significant issue in terms of what they can and cannot say. Because of the kind of platform and you know ideology and ends that they're looking to, they know that government is difficult to actually move in any category that achieves something that substantiates the rhetoric they have. And I just wish more people were well-traveled. With I mean, I include myself. I'm not greatly traveled. But if you go right now, I mean, it's hilarious sometimes when I speak to people and they tell me of all the things that have happened in my own backyard, none of which I can manage to see or can substantiate by others. I mean. Look, a lot of these papus, the only papus <laughs> they've ever met are the cab drivers in, in Dubai when they get to the airport and, and go to their hotels. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, but that's fine. Look, everybody's entitled uh, to have ill-informed opinions. I, I'm sure I have opinions about some things that are not as well-informed as they should be. I, I said something about the JF-20, yeah. which is the new plane that China's sort of showing off about. And um, somebody on Twitter said, you know, that's not for export, blah, blah. I don't know anything about planes. I just wanted to say, hey, <laughs> hey look, world, we're going to get another Shiny plane. Shiny new plane, yeah. yeah. And also, like, Pak Chin Dosti, right? Oh, yeah. like, and, and actually, like, my, my, my actual sort of, I'd like to think I have a reasonably thoughtful position yeah. on Pakistan's relationship with China. Yeah. But on Twitter, the, you know, I mean, you know, you don't get to indulge thoughtful positions and so you basically say hey Pak Chin Dosti is in the bar and if yeah. you don't like it you know, enjoy your Haj Mola yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think there's but, but, but there have to be some domains in which in which I guess the leader the national leader of a national party can't be mimicking the narrative of 16 year old sort of you know uh, people who probably are in their 20s and 30s but but who basically have the the intellect and the, and the maturity and the experience of like basically a newly sort of pubescent i would have said 12 year old because i think that's what we started with, but some some people are late bloomers yeah so, you know freshly pubescent 16 year old you know who just read like yeah. i don't know i, w- I was going to say kafka but I, yeah. I don't i don't think they've gotten there so you know yeah. something something more basic uh, i mean like like maybe like maybe what's the What's the British guy? You know, the, the, the guy who writes about Israel and Palestine. It's Robert Fisk. Robert Fisk. Yeah. You know, 
there's a lot more that goes into building a country than than the pure white hot rage yeah. uh, that you experience because uh, because you picked up a newspaper yes yesterday. No, I agree. And I don't know. I think one of the worrying things about all of this is that even if the government does succeed, it doesn't answer the basic question, which is where it has to give way, where there's a significant issue, and that is Panama Gate. But I think one of the curious things would be is that probably if they did give way, I think actually Nawaz Sharif is quite vulnerable in that particular case because we've seen over the past eight years or so disqualifications for misdeclarations are fairly, you know, standard. They're fairly, you know, nice and easy to establish. And looks like, you know, one of the things we might have to prepare for is eventually an in-house change, which isn't such a bad thing. I know that, you know, it might seem, I think that also establishing one of the central points, which is that they need some degree of accountability. The problem with sort of engaging with the white outrage that you see is significant. Yeah. What, yeah. what we're doing now is we're having people sort of inform us as we record that uh, Imran Khan has announced that he will not be locking down Islamabad. Which is bad news for my colleagues who've been really looking forward to the midweek sort of, you know, mini, mini vacation. Yes. A uh, couple of friends, uh, colleagues actually, and friends that come in from Bani Gala. What's the basis been, of not locking down that the government? I think it's, it? no, it's the Supreme Court. Yeah, the government has said that they'll make the commission. Uh, you know, look, we know where this is headed, right? There yeah. hasn't been one ounce of sincerity in the way that the government has responded to the demands by literally every right-thinking person in the country yeah. that the Panama Papers uh, findings yeah. deserve a very, very serious look at the finances of the prime minister and his family. Like, it's just, it's just, there's no running away from this. So, uh, fine, he's agreed to do a commission. Who knows how, how legitimate it'll be. But I guess this... It's still going to be problematic because I feel that the sense of urgency that's been part and parcel of what the PTI has, if it's going to be investigated, if it's going to stand up to scrutiny, it's going to take some time. And that may not be an inordinate amount of time, but it would be for Imran Khan in person who wants to, you know, get rid of the dispensation as soon as possible. But uh, Wait, I think this we, is how a do we great... Yeah, exactly. I think it's a great development, though. I think this kind, where this was going, was hugely, hugely problematic. Okay, so Imran Khan calls off the lockdown, which suddenly, to me at least, right, what that throws down in terms of a challenge analytically is, because I've been saying that the confidence with which he was coming to Islam, I've said this on television, so I have no, I have no compunction yeah. in repeating it, that the confidence with which he was coming suggested that he was getting assurances yeah. from 
and I've said this explicitly on television, so there's no problem. By the, the military, podcast, yeah. By the, yeah, by, by, or by, you know, people Agencies who you know, are connected yeah. to the military or whatever. And um, can we stop getting sort of kebab juice on my life? <laughs> um, Sorry about no, that. No, no, it's, it's just typically what you guys do. Yeah. You just come in from KP and you just, yeah, just you know, spoil your you spoil ser- stuff. serene Islamabad. Exactly. It's yeah. terrible what you've done here. Uh, getting back to, I got it. It's cool. Um, so we just tried to clean up the computer that we were messing up with the working lunch of this particular podcast. <laughs> the, working, the working lunch, I love it. That that never never has uh, has an Afghan uh, lunch yeah. been described in such, uh, or maybe has never disrupted a podcast. An Afghan lunch ever disrupting a podcast? Good DC man. Somebody's sort of, you know, veggie, uh, veggie sandwich uh, yeah. slipped. So, so you were saying that um, assurances to Imran Khan. Yeah, I mean, until now, there's been this confidence uh, that I've had that, that that confidence that Imran Khan had in, in, in ending the reign of... of uh, Nawaz Sharif, it had to come from nowhere. But suddenly, we've found out that they've called off the lockdown, which is consistent with the original demand, which is actually quite an honorable thing, because what, what Imran Khan is saying to the country, to Nawaz Sharif, to the people, to the media is, hey, I came here to get sort of, to get the system to address the absence of a response by the government on Panama on the Panama Papers. I've got it. I'm not going to lock down Islamabad anymore. So a little bit of egg on the face of those that have been claiming that you know a third force is involved. You think that's the end of it? No. I should don't we should we apologize? Because you've been either. you've been kind of saying. I mean, we've been on the yeah, same yeah, page yeah. on this. So yeah, should yeah. we should we issue a formal apology to Imran Khan? Beg beg the Insafians and the Imranis for forgiveness embrace the truth of the purity and pristineness of his mission, the goodness of PTI, I, I, drop I, our patwariness, <laughs> just stop with the nura, the nuraness of, of our podcast. Look, bro, forgive me, but you're talking like you're on chat. <laughs> how much black share that you had today no, so I said, so anyway yeah I, I, like, I, I really loved what happened there because I just think that's a great addition to our you know lingo shahid ki halat mein is any time like alcohol and drugs can be part of the discourse yeah, yeah. is like a great victory for you guys uh, well I, I I just think the chutzpah award of the year goes to Amin Amin I mean I loved it you know when I you know for me for yeah. me like when I you know I mean I was a I was a teenager when we moved here and yeah Every now and then I hear like a last name that yeah. just I just love and I just and I can't get over. Yeah. And and I guess for some cultures Zedi must be funny and Zaka must be funny. Yeah. But Gandapur, like that yeah, is yeah. it's just epic, man. Like uh, just the name. Yeah. But then when you see the guy, <laughs> I yeah. mean it's just he's he literally is like the personification of what you would want to see on television when you hear the name yeah. Ali Amir. 
Ali Gandapur. mean Gandapur? I actually thought or, that he had, it's Gandapur, right? I mean, what's the problem? Because it's a because it's a Pakhtun tribe. Yeah, right? yeah, Gandapur. It is Gandapur. Yeah. So it's not like an Americanized version. No, no. Okay. But um, you know, the interesting thing. He's is, awesome, by the way. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, just I love seeing him on TV. Like, I don't care what his beliefs are, whatever. The, just, we need more. I got the plastics. <laughs> yeah. We need more. Like, we need just more. we should have T-shirts to say. Yeah. More Gandapur, please. I mean, I going back to your original question, I don't think it's ended here. I think the interesting thing with all of this is that sort of the a lot of illegalities or at least things that were suspect under the law have happened in order for whatever this protest was supposed to be came together. I think we're going to see a significant protest five, six months before the elections, which is going to ask for extraordinary measures, which were already done, uh, you know, before in 2013 as well. But the forthcoming election will also be, it'll be a, a bit of a Donald Trump spin in advance, and it will require some kind of protests once again. And I think that, you know, this series hasn't stopped. So then... The legitimate question that comes out of this is, the only way to get Nawaz Sharif to do anything well, that's the is other to thing. burn stuff and break stuff? And the incentivization has been established that for him to do something, but here's the thing. Whose fault is that? That's Nawaz, I mean, that, that too is Imran Khan's fault? No. That Nawaz I, Sharif doesn't, doesn't budge unless you threaten, I, I think there are you know, two. like a, a mutiny? I think there are two things there. I think there is some legitimacy to that argument that Nawaz Sharif doesn't budge unless you threaten everything. But I think also the problem lies with Imran Khan in the sense that whatever time institutions take and whatever evidence that they require, those are things that he hasn't signed up to, which the rest of the nation has. And there is a problem there, which is at the root of things. He wants immediately, you know, everything has to go through a judicial commission, a fact writing, an ISI this or that. Whereas there are institutions there, are, and none of the results have so far come out to be any different. And that is where we're going to continue to have a problem. <coughs> so that's where I'd put it on Imran. The other part is true, at least with Noaz, anything. I mean, just the fact that he hasn't announced another army chief is ridiculously late. And it's something that I think he's played into by... You know, one of the reasons where, in the absence of information, the, you know, agent of chaos gets to play. And that's what happened again. Like, Imran Khan is the agent of chaos? Well, he is, yes. Every six months when the mood strikes him. He's got his own government. <laughs> Look, there's a lot to do there. I just don't get it. I don't know, man. I think that this situation is the making of a very, very low bar for governance by a guy who's been elected three times and a guy who has people like Mifta Ismail and Khurram Dasgir Khan and Hassan Iqbal and Musaddiq Malik at, at his beck and call that he can't manage to find uh, good use for these people's time, that he can't manage to set up a prime minister's office that isn't run like a DC's office. I mean, that's literally how the, I mean, this is not how you run a republic. So I think that 
I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I get I get the frustration that people have. I, I don't get why they then line up behind Imran Khan, who is a vacuous and I have to say extremely cynical man, whose sincerity you know, people keep talking about, you know, sincerity. He pretends to be. He's not a sincere person. He's not sincere. The way that he speaks about journalists in particular, the way that he has, uh, he will take on any narrative uh, as long as it meshes with his desire to. I mean, one thing where I agree absolutely on this, and where I thought, you know, wait, this should give him pause and reason to think. Somebody told him that you know, Cyril was a. PTI Karkun while he was at university. PML. PML, uh, PML sorry. Karkun while he was at university. Luckily, there's video evidence where he was there as part of, you know, whatever debate and you were assigned a role. And the whole part of that thing was just seeing how argumentation takes place. And that was the point of it. But, well, hold on. Now, now stop there. Yeah. Somebody told him this and you were about to say that he just bought it and he just took it yeah. forward. Yeah. Wrong. He went to Oxford. He knows what Oxford Union debating is. He knows what debating is. That's the point I'm making. He is not an innocent little puppy who gets who gets fed messages and start, passes them on. He has the processing capacity that is probably better than yours and mine put together, Fussy. He knows what he does. He knowingly does it. That's what makes him cynical, indefensible. Yeah. His behavior on the Dawn story has been indefensible. Just absolutely indefensible, notwithstanding all the other threats of violence and the and the insistence that basically I'm going to look better in that in that Shirvani than anybody else ever has. Uh, maybe he thinks he's better looking than the guy too, hmm. uh, and, and that vanity. <laughs> d- d- His followers do. I, I remember the meme that had come up, and I, this is several maybe a year ago, but I thought it was hilarious. They put Kajazim, they put Imran. But they put down is that Imran's an improved version. <laughs> but uh, it was very seriously passed on, right? And I was like, you could have stopped at the comparison. Just to say that, you know, they're alike is pretty big praise. But to actually then add that, no, this is a, sort of an improved version. It's a Bluetooth 2.0. Which is why, Fuzzy, there's no point in taking these jerk-offs seriously, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of these people, uh, you know, are just, I think it's just white noise, and I think we pay too much attention to it. The larger question is, is the crisis for Nawaz Sharif over with the dissipation of the threat of lockdown? No, because I think the army still wants ahead for the dawn leaks right and you've you don't seen, think and you don't think the disgraceful throwing of pervez uh, to the wolves is good enough no it's been established look they've just put him down that you know you might impede an investigation that's what the press release says he's been taken off essentially it's they've removed him but in spares it's temporary their own investigation will establish how many people who knew and who will pay for it. I think that's something that's going to have to come out. And it's really interesting because the meeting that took place was one of the things that took out the wins from Imran Khan's sales because he thought the crackdown subsequently meant that they had said that you can protect the capital. But immediately after, they made it clear. And I think that not only is Nawaz in danger of that, but also with Panamagate, at least for him personally, 
it doesn't have to even establish a very serious level of corruption. Simply whatever level of misdeclaration has happened that, you know, uh, for him to be qualified as a candidate, even that's enough to get him out. Is that the, is that the scalp that Imran Khan wants or is that the scalp that the military wants? Or like what's... So play this out for us. So the Supreme Court or this commission, whatever they find, I guess for Nawaz Sharif, the worst case scenario is that he's disqualified. Yeah. So what happens then? Well, he can come back. How? When he comes back, there's no, nothing that says that he can't actually run for elections no, no, again. No, 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 no. Disqualification with Gilani as well. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. No, no, no. Once and, disqualified. I mean for the next elections. He's no, no. not going to ride. Gilani was not, uh, he was not allowed to run. If I'm not. No, no. Gilani was not banned. Well, no. this is something we have to check, but I... Look, my, my recollection is that once you're disqualified, you're disqualified. Who's the guy from Azad Kashmir? That really There's brash, lots of dudes from Azad Kashmir. Is Heather is from Azad Kashmir. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That brash Masoud guy. Khan. No, 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 no. I forget. No, I forget. Muzaffarabad. Um, Muzaffar. Not Muzaffar. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the, guy who did, the guy who stood as an independent, who was a working class guy and did a lot about Sharab Bechre in the parliamentary hostels. And then he was disqualified for having a fake degree. You're Those talking about Jamshed Dasti. Jamshed Dasti. He's he from Muzaffar Gar. Sorry, sorry, Muzaffar Gar. He's from South Punjab. And yeah. of course, I know this because, yeah. anyway, Muzaffar Gar is, yeah. is politically but, but, important to me. But he came back. Yes, he was disqualified, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyhow, I'm open. Maybe we, we don't know the law as well. I'm glad you're open to facts. Yeah, yeah, so yeah but <laughs> Which is weird. Why, why are you open to facts? <laughs> so you're willing to revise your... What you just said on the basis of being presented with facts that are contrary to what you just said. Yeah, it's... Um, shame on you. Shame on me. Patwari. Patwari. But, but you understand what I'm saying is, I, I think that he... And, and if that does happen, you're going to find maybe two cases. It depends on how strong the military is on. They'll get somebody they think they can work with, whether that's Nasad. That's not what Nawaz would want, obviously. He'd want somebody that who's... Beck and call will be answered absolutely. And then I think in the next elections, he'll try and see whether he can come back with the majority to be prime minister again. I think it's clear what I Imran think that's Khan far wants. away. I think Imran Khan is not... The, I mean, if Nawaz Sharif has to resign or... Is However, I will add one thing. If the disqualification Wait, let's from, not have me talk at all. Like, sorry, what, sorry, no, no, no. sorry. No, no, just you go ahead. Kasi, <laughs> tell me more. But if the disqualification... <laughs> or the removal happens because of the Don Leakes case. That's where there would be grounds for him not to be able to come back at all. I think if once 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 they nail him for whatever they nail him for, I mean the the, the game is not to get rid of him for six months and then be saddled with him again. The game is to get rid of him. Uh, the game is to get rid of his daughter. And you know, I mean, fair fair play. That's politics. Like, there's nothing wrong with politicians going after politicians. The problem that I think many people have is that institutionally, if that game is being played by, you know, majors and colonels and brigadiers and retired major That's generals and retired, that, 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 that is a problem. Yeah. And, um, and it's not a problem insofar as somebody's going after Nawaz Sharif. That's fair game. He's a politician. He, yeah. and, and he's got 
He's got skeletons, and so they absolutely should be open. The closet should be opened up. Strip them out, bring them out, and you know. Uh, I mean, I have to shine, say one thing: is shine frankly, the light of the sun on them. Frankly, if the meeting went exactly as was reported, I think it was incredibly dumb if it did come from the government to leak it. Look, you're talking about an institutionally very powerful player. You're getting them to change a long-held belief. And you need to give them some time to mull it over. And if, as was reported, that they were somewhat amenable during the meeting, leaking it means that nothing's going to happen. You're a clever guy, Fussy. Why do you suggest, and I know why you suggest it, why do you suggest <laughs> that the government leak it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You Pakhtuns have all the fun. You leave it to us and you know, <laughs> hanging out there in Karachi yeah. and Hyderabad to deal with the fallout of that. Yeah. What well, I mean, I think it's a legitimate intellectual exercise to explore Who what benefited? the benefits yeah. and what the what the, sort of the cost benefit analysis um, of the leak and where it may have come from, where it should have come from, where it should not have come from. Uh, and I think if we do that analysis, at least to me, uh, it is certainly not as uh, overwhelming, yeah. you know, in terms of common sense where it came from, uh, as 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 generic sort of thinking and, and mainstream thinking in this country seems to be about it. I absolutely don't buy that the government is the only party that could have leaked it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Fussy? So, no. So, I mean... Again, I my my only qualm about the theory is that if the it was actually leaked from the other side would be is that could they have played out in their mind, you know, or thought about it strategically enough that it would create this particular kind of scenario. I think that's if very it, legitimate. If, if, if you if, can't if, keep you can't keep mocking how stupid they are and yeah. then say they're smart enough to exactly. plan everything out. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? So that's this is the thing that pushes me back from that thesis because it requires a... Because, I mean, what, what's the way to do Whereas it? Whereas in the alternative, what we're yeah. suggesting is if the government leaked it, they're just really, really stupid. And uh, that's really plausible. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a problem. We've got a problem there. Yeah. So wait. So it's... It really is the stupid Olympics, right? Yeah, like yeah, it's it's yeah. like uh, you know, Team China and yeah. Team USA going up against yeah. each other. Party A, yeah. too dumb to know sort of head from other parts of the yeah. body, and thought they would do a little half, a, you know, third of a digit ungal, yeah. and ended up self buying, yeah. right? self bombs. <laughs> <laughs> I love that self bomb, <laughs> self bomb, right? And and the other party too stupid, yeah. you know, to be let on the street alone without a stroller <laughs> and like a binky in their mouth. <laughs> uh, decided. And thought 17 steps ahead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and decided, but here's where it gets funny, right? And decided to do like a full-on yeah, umbil, yeah. right? And ended up like double-buying the opposition, <laughs> right? Like in both cases, you yeah. see who's getting the bomb, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that is kind of the, the bottom-line analysis, yeah, right? That yeah. bottom-line, the, 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 the leak story has really, really hurt the government. Oh, Absolutely. Um, and uh, 
And it's too bad because actually, if this country was capable of thinking like a country, that story should have been plastered on the face of every diplomat, Pakistani diplomat in the world, going around every capital in the world and saying, hey, guys, you know, we really changed. Look at how dynamic that, the discourse is back home. That, you know, and, look at, and look at our press reporting on it. Yeah. And look at this guy, Cyril. You know, he's like, he's yeah. he's in there, he's reporting, the government's in there arguing, the military's in there listening to reason. Look at how awesome Pakistan is. Yeah. And we took that opportunity and literally did we Imran Khan did. <laughs> All right. We just completely sort of just Yeah. You know, just it's No, no, I agree. I mean We're I, better than this, man. We gotta be better than this. Yeah. I <sighs> You know, I, I saw something the other day, and I, I, it occurred to me, I saw somebody writing to uh, Cyril on Twitter, and they said, how does it feel to be the guy who might cause a martial law in the country? And, you know, I just thought about it, and I said, in this whole thing that happened, only one guy did their job. A journalist reported what they knew. And here's the funny thing. I mean, I a mean, newsworthy story. A newsworthy news. story. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Everyone else. Actually, the, did the it. one name that doesn't get enough mention in this is Zafar Abbas. I agree. He did an amazing job. I think he is actually he's a standout for me in this whole story. Oh yeah, I'm for the way he's, stance, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. A publishing. Yeah. B standing by. Beautiful. He didn't also hide behind the fact that all the attention went to one individual. He said no. You know. Ask me. It was published in the newspapers. Therefore, yeah, I'm culpable. It's me, yeah. yeah. And open in. Bada marad chayota fasi zaka. Seriously, no, no, I think agree. about it. So, bravo to uh, Zafar Abbas. Hey, bravo to the PTI and Ran Khan for calling off the uh, lockdown. I agree. Well done. Good for the country. Um, we I live. Think, we I live to fight another day. I guess. And I think... And everybody's going to be in the office tomorrow. So, <laughs> so we didn't lose another day. Seriously, yeah. that is a factor for me in, in, <laughs> in my position on all of this. Yeah. It is unbelievable how many working days we've lost over the last couple of years. Yeah. yeah. We uh, are going to have to thank everyone. And uh, let's hope that things get better on from here. I think that as we record, the developments have happened. And my own personal fear was the greatest, which was pitting the federation against a province. That's hopefully not going to happen anymore. Things are going to come back to normal. And thank you, Musharraf, as usual, for everything. We'll be back soon as well with another podcast. Anything else, Musharraf? Quick hey, alhamdulillah. Thanks, right. uh, everyone, for joining us. We'll, uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. Thank you, everyone. Khudafiz. Right.